When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Elisa. Just a heads up, this episode contains conversations about sexual assault. Reporting live. We're here. We're back. We're queer. In the studio. We're podcasting. We are podcasting. (laughs) But I am not a podcaster, so don't call me that. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're... Much like I'm not a stand-up comedian. Nor... Nor a sex worker. I just do these things. You just vibe. (laughs) I just vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Mistakes. It's been three weeks since we've recorded IRL and in the studio since we've seen each other. Yeah, I was in Rhode Island for 16 days. My God, I've I've been back too. So it's been eight, eight, 19 days now. I feel like we've lived many lifetimes (laughs) (laughs) since we've seen each other. A lot has happened. Yeah, we did record remotely well we recorded in my room and then we recorded remotely Remotely. and then we did a we skipped a week did a bonus bonus episode so you're right it's been at least three episodes since we've been in the studio together and by the studio i mean just a different bedroom with better equipment in it (laughs) (laughs) you know new york studio yes um yeah well i feel good we've got wine in hand because as our fond listeners have pointed out we can't do anything, anything. sober. <laughs> and why would we? God gave us substances so we wouldn't be burdened with sobriety. You heard it here first. You did. You know, listen, here's the thing. I do fucked up, real fucked up shit when I'm sober. Like, <laughs> start seriously contemplating going back to school. <laughs> We started this podcast sober. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't want to hear shit from anyone. Yeah. So you're that's about the that's virtues what, of being sober. That's what really worries me about our time spent apart is you're now considering going back to school. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, how do we save you? To uh, be fair, this um, has been on my mind since I dropped out, what, four years ago now. And I logged into the SUNY CUNY. Is it CUNY? The CUNY application page last night Mm. and um knew that I had had an application that I had started like two years ago Mm -hmm. and then never actually finished and it was literally two years to the day that I had done that application so every August since I have dropped out (laughs) there's something about August my body just like remembers that I didn't it's like my body knows that I forgot to finish something yeah yeah yeah. it's like when you're on you know when you're like out and you're like did I turn the stove off or it's like when on your day off you wake up in a panic because you think you're late for work not that either of us would know (laughs) what that feels like but you know back when people worked (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, every time it was my day off, especially when I worked a breakfast, like when I was working breakfast shifts, every day 
at like 7 a.m. Because I, I had to be at work by 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. So every time it was a day off at 7 a.m., like clockwork, I would like rise like a mummy, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm late. And they'd be like, no, bitch, it's your day off. Yeah. And that's what August can feel like for just back to school in general, whether you finished or not, I feel. Yeah. No, totally. Um, yeah, I get it. I feel you. I have my associate's degree and I've had it for uh, seven years. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I got it at 18, to be fair to me. Um, <laughs> I was very precocious. Got my associate's degree. If you want to hear about that, listen to episode one. Um, but ever since then, I've been like, I guess it is just two more years yeah, for me to have a bachelor's and then just have another degree nobody asks about or cares about. I know. I know. Here, you know, school is so dumb. And, like, the planet <laughs> is dying. But unfortunately, every that's sh- uh, short for unfortunately. <laughs> You're an intellectual now. Um, every a scholar. <laughs> every job that I have, like, when I thought about, like, a career that's, like, not the entertainment industry. Um, every job that I've wanted in the last four years, unfortunately, has asked me for a fucking bachelor's degree. Yeah, of course. And it drives me nuts because well, even the entertainment industry wants a bachelor's degree. Which like is even psychotic. which is so stupid. Like every time I look at an application for like an entry, entry, entry level, like low level production job <laughs> at like late night with Seth Meyers, like not even a writer, like Paige. Yeah, <laughs> they're like we're gonna need at least a master's. It's insane. Um, yeah, so I am, I don't know, I just, I just think it's time, and you know, my plan when I moved back to New York in 2020 was that I was going to come back here and go to like a public college and finish my degree, and then, you know, the world kind of started ending, um, and then I just didn't do that, which has been great. It's been a great, uh, year and a half back, but Mm -hmm. I think that now is, now that summer is ending, and I kind of want to put my party hat on its little hook, for a minute um i'm ready to to uh hate my life by going back to school (laughs) wow virgo season is fucking creeping in (laughs) the the way virgo season has a chokehold on all of us why does this happen every year we get like antsy we're like am i accomplishing enough i know am i enriching my life enough here's yeah i mean i i love that for you my thing with school is every time I imagine going back to school I remember the feeling of something just being due and I'm like (laughs) why can't there be like you know those hippie schools where like kids call their teachers by their first name and there's no homework Mm -hmm. like the one I went to in elementary school (laughs) I'm like can there be a college version of that (laughs) it's like four hours a day of recess yeah and we get a bachelor's degree that's basically what the new school was. Okay, well, I'll be applying. Yeah, you can go. We can switch places. You can go there. As long as I got a full scholarship for being like fucking hot and having a tight pussy. Uh, yeah. You can check it out on OnlyFans. <laughs> Only $15 a month um, for now. I have a lot of sales, though, new school. See, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what is going to happen. Um, luckily, I don't have to make any decisions right now. I can just put in that pesky little application yeah. and see what happens. So I'm loving this like 
you know, the death shakes of your quarter life crisis. Oh, it's really, <laughs> I've been having an existential crisis for the last like four months and it's really coming to a head with this. So, yeah. No, I love it. I actually, um, yeah, I support you no matter what. Thank you. And if you do go back to school, um, we're never hanging out again. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. We're going to go shopping for like little plaid skirts. I'm going to get you like a little schoolgirl outfit and I'm going to drop you off. And <laughs> I'm going to put on a chalkboard like first day of college. <laughs> and then I'm going to take a picture of you um, every first day until yeah, you graduate. That is the one thing that makes me want to throw up is the idea of going back to school and being a 20 I probably will not go back for the fall. I would probably go back in spring of 20. Wait, what's the year right now? 21. Yeah. So 20. Well, it would, yeah, She's 22. ready. Um, <laughs> so I will be 27 years old um, around literal teenagers. Well, not necessarily. If you're, growing, if you're going to community college, that won't be the case. Yeah, I don't know if I... We'll see. Here's... Listeners, here's my plan. I think that I will do a semester at a community college this fall. Um, and then ideally my plan is that I would transfer to Hunter College, famously where Audre Lorde went. Mm. Um, yeah, so that you're right. But that would be the plan. We'll see. Hopefully that's what happens. Well, there here's the thing. When you are young and in college, you are like, everyone's my age because those are the people you're becoming friends with. But there are actually like a significant number of older students. Yeah. You just don't hang out with them at 18 because they want nothing to fucking do True. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of people go back to school. You're right. You're right. My dad famously went to college in his 20s and went to law school in his 40s. God, could you imagine if I just really threw everyone uh, on their heads and went to law school? Listen, well, it's that's why I was like so shooketh that you posted something in your close friend story stories about like wanting sorry to out your close friends no stories, it's okay uh, yeah. <laughs> content yeah. close friends is where i spiral and then put shit like this yeah were you like we're like thinking about going back to school i was like that's so interesting because i just like recently relearned that you don't need a bachelor's degree to go to law school you just wow. need three years of undergrad and i'm like i only oh. have one more year of undergrad to do oh if i wanted to go to law school then wow. you just the 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 trade-off is then you just go to law school for four years instead of three yeah 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 and i'm like i might do that well so our other bestie saw my story and was like wow like i can't believe you're doing this and i like thought he was gonna like you know, judge me or something. Um, and I was like, yeah, me neither. And then he was like, oh, like, I kind of want to go to school and like get a degree. Oh, my God. Are so the I'm besties like- going to go back to school together? <laughs> Season uh, two. Besties <laughs> go back to school. Season one was pandemic <laughs> party. <Yeah. laughs> pandemic party. Um, and season two is the besties go back to school. I love yeah. that. Now, I've been like, really, listen, I'm still going to throw myself at comedy with a fucking fiery vengeance. And it's going to haunt me till the day I die that I get. <laughs> give a fuck about it at all but in the meantime i like <sighs> i'm interested in making a difference <laughs> Same. um and i was also considering social work but then i was like i really love to shop so <laughs> so <laughs> Law school it is. Um, But the thing about law is that it's really hard. Yeah, for uh, anyone interested, I am thinking either uh, the therapy track or what 
everyone in my life wants me to do, which is teaching. Um, I what, really... like, what would you teach? I have thought about, uh, for context, I've like done a lot of like, like non-traditional teaching jobs before, like teaching English as a second right. language. Yeah. I've like been done like the guidance counseling, uh, guidance counselor track with middle school students before. My dream for a long time was to be a guidance counselor in a high school. Um, the thing with being a guidance counselor is that you do have to start as a teacher for a certain number of years. Um, but I would probably, I mean, if I were to be a teacher, I would probably teach English or literature since that's what <clears throat> I was getting my bachelor's in anyway. And then if I went back for that, I wouldn't have to switch it and do a bunch of bunch more school right. um, besides getting a master's. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I would probably teach that. Um, and I would prefer to uh, be like a college professor, but I think that I would be better off and my talents would be um, better used being a high school teacher. Um, but... I don't know. I've worked with teenagers. I love working with them. They're such little cunts, but um, I do love them. For a girl with like, for a girl who like loves Coke and <laughs> and does uh, shop a lot, it's very funny to hear you say that your two things are social work and teaching that yeah, you're interested I, well, in. I mean, <laughs> why do you think we're going to find you a nice rich Yeah, why do you husband? think people are always buying me shit <laughs> in the day? Ugh. Everything I've done has just made me broke. We need to like completely unlearn all this heteronormative monogamous bullshit. I can't believe I just said we need to find you a rich husband when really all you need in life is rich friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that's why you need I, a you rich know, chosen family. Well, that's why one of our friends is a lawyer and the other one works in pharmaceuticals. And, you know, they really take care of me. And they so. are taking us to P-Town. And they're taking us to P-Town. <laughs> the other friend also uh. has money. The, the three friends that we have that make like a good living are all taking us to P-Town. Town, Can we so. call them our sugar besties? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those are our sugar besties and we love them. Yeah. And you know, we give them um thoughtful gifts in return. Thoughtful budget gifts in return. Yes. But no, the reality of it is that if I did do teaching, I would likely go into uh, being a college professor because I could just imagine the interview for any school that would try to hire me as a high school teacher. They'd be like, "So we heard your podcast yeah. and found your only fans." <laughs> <laughs> and so the answer is we would love to have you but no but maybe like a Montessori nor. school yeah 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 you can open your own school I, oh god uh, charter school Joe March <laughs> <laughs> or um what's her face from Parenthood I haven't watched Christina. that Christina okay she opens her own school anyway any other Parenthood heads in the house yeah let's um, see as, as I say with um AA one day at a time one day at a time. And today we're drinking wine, recording our <laughs> podcast, and just like breathing each other's air for the first time in three weeks. And that's yes. all you can ask for. Listen, if I do become a lawyer, I'll become your sugar bestie. You can be a social worker and a teacher and anything you want. Okay. <laughs> and I'll just pop acid in your mouth and put you in a padded room <laughs> and be like, yes, darling, you're doing whatever it is you say you are. No, just kidding. You're going to be great. Thank you. You're going to be great at whatever it is you do. And um, in the meantime, let's just become uh, the most hated podcast. Let's replace Red Scare. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, the Patreon numbers we would have. Oh, my God. Speaking of which. We're too likable. We are too likable. <laughs> Speaking of which about the Patreon, write into us and let us know what you would like to see on it. Yeah, people actually have been writing in. Oh, great. 
I like this is gonna be like a, an inside joke. Like three years from now, we're gonna be like we're starting the Patreon. No, soon. we re- listen. We I, actually are on my quarter life crisis. Virgo has, season is coming. Virgo season is coming. Coming. My quarter life crisis has kicked in. I got off the train, got off the subway, got into this apartment after being in Rhode Island for 16 days. And what is the first thing I do? Cleaned my fucking closet that I've been telling myself I was going to clean and organize for almost I, a year. So, I'm so proud of you. Something has uh, taken over me. No, I feel it. I feel it too. I think it's because I'm a little bit broke right now. So I'm like, <laughs> how do we change our life? How do we change yeah. our life? <laughs> Control the things you can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fully. I completely understand. I That's me in my backyard right now. Yeah. <laughs> Control the things you can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my white whale right now is just like weeds. Like, who am I? I like fast forwarded 40 years into my life and I'm like, gardening and talking to people about plants that I'm like, oh, there's this weed. I can't get rid of it. And people are like, literally, we don't want to talk to a 25 year old about this. Um, Anyway, the Patreon is coming. Let's set a goal. Okay. Hold ourselves accountable for the Patreon to be. Let's launch it before we go to Honcho. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. Great. So we're going to Honcho the 18th. Yep. Great. All right. Hold us accountable, Bessie. Hold us accountable. That's why I posted about, um, I like wasn't going to post about me like trying to go back to school because I was like, I want to move in silence. <laughs> and then I was like, no, if I move in silence, I won't it do this. Happening. It ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> We're firing air signs, darling. We got to move loud. We got to move loud and proud or it ain't happening at all. <laughs> when I move in silence, I'm asleep. <laughs> You can count on that. And I'm sleepwalking. (laughs) (laughs) You got to wake me, but don't scare me too much, you know? (laughs) Uh, Shall we? Yeah. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. You or I first? You go first. Okay. So my keepsake kind of ties into a deep dive I did. I love a keepsake follow up to a deep dive. Okay. So my dog this time last year, <laughs> listen to whatever episode it was that I talk about it in depth, but my dog this time last year got into a little bit of trouble biting another dog. Oops. Um, it did inspire this podcast. So shout out to Buffy, but, <laughs> but it also did inspire about $4,000 leaving my bank account. So, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it's a give and a take. And obviously I don't want a dog that's biting other dogs. It was a tricky situation this weekend. She and I went camping in Vermont with my family and my brother brought his dogs and she famously does not like strange dogs that she's never met before. And also, if you listen to the episode that I do the deep dive, when she bit the dog, I like immediately sent her to a training camp to help her with like de-escalation and like not feeling compelled to bite dogs <laughs> is essentially what I <laughs> sent her to training for. And so my brother and I introduced her to his dogs and she didn't love being around them, but she was so good. Yes. Every time she sort of like, I could see when her body language changed into like, she wanted to fight <laughs> or she was like upset that they were near her. Mm-hmm. She would turn her head and walk away. And she like avoided them, which is like, honestly, anyone else who struggles with a reactive dog or a dog that's not good with other dogs. Best case scenario is that they ignore other dogs. 
And like she was doing that. She was like following her commands so well. I've just never been like, okay, our friends JP and Lincoln were with me Mm -hmm. and they both were like so like they kept expressing like how impressive she is and how like like our friend Lincoln is a therapist. And it was just like I couldn't help but draw the parallel of like. Lincoln sees people make strides like this and was like proud of my dog for making like her own therapy strides, you know, like she's like, no, that's the old Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not I don't I'm not like that anymore. Um, And she actually she like she was good. Like, I think that I might be able to eventually get her to a point where she actually like likes my brother's dogs because there are dogs she likes. She's friends with. like dogs that she's had prolonged exposure to and so I'm just like excited to see her have new doggy friends if that's what's in the future for her but like ultimately my keepsake is that like she is my baby angel and it was so so stressful last year when I like couldn't believe what had happened yeah um And I did everything in my fucking power to make sure it would never happen again Mm -hmm. And it like paid off in a really, really beautiful and satisfying way this weekend. And she had such a nice time camping and like normally being around other dogs before she was trained by that training camp would have been nothing but like pure stress for her. Like she would have been like so reactive and so upset that there were other dogs near her. And she literally just like chilled and ignored them. And it was great. And I'm so proud of her. Well, cheers to Buffy. I know. Cheers to Buffy. She's so tired right now. She swam so much yesterday. And so mm-hmm. now she is truly asleep as fuck in my bed. And I'm so happy for her. Um, my mistake this week. <sighs> I have a crush on someone that I thought I was over. Oh, Really? To someone that we both know about. Yeah. Aw. All right. Well, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) I thought I was over it. I'm Uh, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, I saw, yeah, I saw a photo and I was like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh." (laughs) (laughs) that crush is not done (laughs) on either side. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Cute little photo. Y'all should frame that, put it on a wall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It was on um no, 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 no. someone's story. No, no, no. Nope. You go ahead and tuck that away. <laughs> we'll cut it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have to. Because listen, my resolution with round two of this crush on this person that I was like, nah, yeah. I'm over it. That's done. That's the old me. Yeah. Um, Resolution is for, for round two on this ongoing thorn in my side yeah is that i'm gonna just be a little bit more fucking chill upfront about it oh okay a chill and like i think as a result of both being chill and upfront i am upfront and chill does that make sense it does yeah that's what i meant yeah um like i just am not gonna be like hiding it i'm just gonna be like whatever i have a crush on you yeah deal with it yeah (laughs) I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. So, but the mistake is that I really, the mistake is more that I ever thought that I could actually just like snap my fingers and get over it the way that I had for a minute. For a minute, I genuinely was over it, but I, it's like when you have like a tickle in your throat and you Mm -hmm. know the cold is coming. Uh When I was over it, I was like, this 
is not going to be over it forever. And yeah. I really savored the, the couple of weeks that I was over it. it I was like, good for me. But now um, the yearning is real and I'm just, ooh, it's, I can't wait to talk to you about it off air. Because as upfront as I am about it, I don't need everybody hearing all of my thoughts. No, I, I understand. <sighs> but, you know, if they want to, if they want to hear them, if the person, the object of my affection wants to hear them, I'll tell them yeah. happily. Uh, but I don't need everybody up in that particular feelings corner. Anyway, I'm sure I'll be talking about it more in the future. And if there's ever any kind of resolution, I'll keep y'all updated. Hot take. Not that hot of a take, but I'm going to go there. Um, just get fucking vaccinated. Okay, so we have similar hot takes. Just <laughs> <laughs> get vaccinated. I like them really really over um it being considered like a difference of opinion or something that is like uh controversial or um what's the word uh why can't i think of the word i don't know debatable that's not the word i was looking for but that's the word we're gonna go for you know what maybe that's a side effect of the vaccine i can no longer (laughs) think of words as quick But you know what? I'm also not killing grandmothers out here. So, yep, that's my hot take. Your turn. Um, okay. Well, my keepsake. Um, we I was in Rhode Island for two weeks, and when I came back, which was nice, but that is not the keepsake. Um, when I came back, we had a dinner party at our besties' place. Um, to like you know celebrate my return home which like I was saying tongue-in-cheek but it really ended up kind of being that um and it was just very cute it was nice I again hate the word the term chosen family because it's been so bastardized but we do got one hell of one I was looking around that room and just feeling that and thinking like you know these are people that I was excited to come home to yeah um yeah and it's just nice Oh, my heart. Having this crew of people. Um, and I'm sorry I missed that dinner party, but I also have to say there was something so nice for me to see a party of my friends hanging out and to know that my friends love me and not feel like, oh, I wish I was there because what if they're forgetting about me and or talking <laughs> no. shit about me, which is like every other group of friends I've ever had. If they yeah, hang out no without same. me, that's how I feel. But I just saw y'all and I was like, oh, I love them and I'm so happy they're having fun. Yeah. And I just, it was like a very, I was like, damn, that is not how other friends have made me feel. Same. <laughs> same. Um, yeah, so that was really sweet. Um, it was nice. I've been going through it, so it was nice to just have them around to be held by cradle you i hate that term as well um more wine yes keep talking (laughs) um thank you and let's see what is my mistake okay so my mistake is definitely that while i was home um i was home again for like the family things that i've been alluding to in the pod um and which just to clear up any mystery there is some family illness going on um so i've been i was home um holding space with my bio fam. Um, and I was home for so long and just like spending the days with my family and then spending nights out with acquaintances and Providence friends. I was home for so long that I regressed 
so mm-hmm. hard while I was there. Like, I feel you. Literally inserted myself into friend group drama of a friend group that I am not even really a part of. <laughs> like my best friend is in this friend group and she was having drama with this friend group. And so I was hanging out with this friend group because they're like the fun party people in Providence while she was telling me how she was feeling. And so, and also here's the other thing about Providence. Everyone drinks a lot, but nobody really does hard drugs. And I think that there is a big difference with how you act when you drink a lot versus when you're doing hard drugs. When I do Coke and, or I do Molly or I do ketamine, I am a lot less apt to say and do things that I'm going to regret in the morning than when I get really drunk. Mm -hmm. When I get really drunk... And there is a problem that I'm aware of. (laughs) Uh I want to psychoanalyze, therapize, and fix that problem. Mm -hmm. And then I also say really just like intense things that are like not my place to say. And so my bestie (laughs) was fighting with her bestie. And so I like my bestie was fighting with her bestie is a great like (laughs) mid 2000s like rom-com title. (laughs) Yeah. So my bestie was fighting with her bestie and they have a very toxic bestie relationship. They would both agree to that. And I also have some animosity towards this towards my bestie's bestie. Because what's your bestie's bestie's sign? Um, you know, I I think they're both Aries. Oh, my God. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. And okay, sorry, continue. I just need to... No, it's okay. I need to orient myself in the story. So, and me and my bestie's bestie don't like each other. So, <laughs> I, you know, kind of like went around to all these party friends being like, I don't... And my bestie's bestie is a new friend in this friend group. So, I was kind of, you know, telling these party friends, like, I don't know why you're hanging out with her. Like, she's fucking crazy. She's toxic. Like, I have experience with her. Like, you shouldn't fucking... Like, just don't fucking hang out with her. Naturally, they all told her that I said this. Oh, my God. And then I just, like, woke up... What are we in fucking ninth grade? Well, then I woke up one day and I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You don't live here anymore. Yeah, fully your mistake. Yeah. (laughs) I was like... To be clear, You do not live here anymore. (laughs) You are a visitor. (laughs) You're being fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> so uh, luckily I fixed it. I saw her one night at the same bar I'd been going to where all these people were hanging out. I pulled her aside um, and was just like, you know, I'm sorry. I've been acting crazy. Let's patch things up. Um, and we did. Luckily, it's all good. It's all copacetic. But yeah, definitely just like fully regressed. Yeah. Like really by the end of my trip, I was like, I am ready to get back to New York so I can stop acting like I am 21. <laughs> it is not 2016. Um, maybe I will get bangs. Maybe I won't. You know. Maybe I'll go back to school. Maybe <laughs> I won't. Probably, d- definitely to the school and almost definitely to bangs. We'll see. We'll see. I know. That's like me. My thing is like, maybe I'll cut off all my hair. Maybe I won't. <laughs> but I'm feeling it. Every time someone sees a picture of me with my old pixie cut, they're like, oh my God, it looks so good. Same and with like, the bangs. Uh, I'm like, fuck. It was so much easier than what's currently on my head. So maybe I'll do it. The but, bangs were not easier, but I just looked so much hotter. Yeah, but they're easy enough. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, just regressed. Um, also, but- your hair is short enough right now that if you wanted to grow out bangs, oh, it wouldn't take very long. Yeah. As long as you were cool with keeping it at that like bob length yeah. while you're growing them out. 
Anyway, um, hot take. Give my, it to us on a sizzling platter, bestie. Well, my hot take is similar to yours, which is, you know, as Anya kind of alluded to, and I'll just come out and say it, we just had a falling out with some people that were short time uh, on the fast track to being besties, I would say. Yeah. Um, and it was about vaccine stuff and it sucked. And I found out that someone that also knows them and I'm going to say their name and we'll edit it out. I'll put in the timestamp. Unfollowed me. Really? Um, and it's all because we have been on their ass about not being vaccinated. And here's my thing. Um, I think that there are two camps of people who are choosing not to get vaccinated. And one of them, I think, is totally valid. I have a very close friend in Rhode Island who has health problems and, um, feels that there is not enough information on how it would affect her very serious health problems if she were to get vaccinated. And her thing is that she masks up. She doesn't hang out in big groups. Like, she stays home. She's, like, doing her... Like, she's being very responsible. Right. If you're not going to get vaccinated for whatever your reasons are, whether we think they're valid or not, you obviously do, at least do the other stuff. Yeah. So those people, I'm like, you know what? That... I respect and I think is fine. Like, I don't think anyone should be forced to do anything. But yes, if you, if you don't want to get vaccinated for whatever reason right now and you're thinking about doing it in the near future, do what this person is doing. Like, make sure that everybody around you knows what's up. I think it's an issue of consent. Make sure that you're keeping the people around you safe. Um... But if you are going to be the kind of person who's not getting vaccinated because you don't believe in the vaccine and you don't trust the vaccine, but then you're going to travel, you're going to go into stores without masks on, unmasked, um, and you're also going to do like hard drugs and have like unprotected sex. Okay. And have unprotected sex, then... um, Fuck off. Yeah, like, if it's about, like, the risk and, like, not knowing what the what's going to happen, but you're, like, doing a lot of other risky things that are fun, and that's why they're worth the risk, it's like, <sighs> fuck off, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will say, I don't personally, I know how you and fellow besties feel i do not feel that i had a falling out with these people yeah no i'm speaking yeah i'll i'll speak for me i had a falling out. yeah i am in a fight with one of them at this point um (laughs) and for me the crux of the fight is that i think what they're doing is wholly irresponsible and i don't i whatever it doesn't matter i'm not gonna like air it all out i will just say that like the response to the criticism, regardless of how the criticism came off, because I don't think that all of the besties showed their most empathetic selves when expressing their concerns. Totally. Um, the response to specifically me mm-hmm. and not even like all of the people mm-hmm. was very fucking uncalled for. And Agreed. that is that is more what I'm going to fight about than even the vaccination, which is hilarious because to me, the vaccination is like way more important. Yeah. Um, than like any of our feelings. So I'm like the fight itself doesn't even need to last much longer if you just apologized for like how wild the response was. But yeah, I'm not going to 
even if we resolved it and we continued being friends, I'm like, at this point with all the variants and stuff, like I'm not going to stop being on your ass about the vaccine and I'm also not going to see you. Yeah, no, that's how I feel. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I am. I'm just personally in such a place in my life right now where like so much is going on and happening that for me, you know, my Aquarius sun really activated Um, (laughs) and I was like, here's the door and see yourself out. And I totally respect that. And I don't I'm not being like how you not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. my situation is a little bit more complicated because I have people in my family that are not taking the vaccine. Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm cutting, like if I'm cutting anybody out for the vaccine, but I'm not cutting those family members out, it's like a little bit of a double standard. I'm also not interested in cutting these people out. Yeah. Personally, but that's just my own personal connection to them. And also where I feel like this is such a like tense, high emotional, like high emotions time for so many people And the vaccine is an emotional subject. Like for a lot of us, the vaccine and our fights and conversations around the vaccine are like what is behind our opinions on it is like so much grief and loss that like it's more than just like a principle that we're fighting about. We're fighting about the people that we've lost and the people that we don't want to lose. Totally. And the, the people who don't want the vaccine there, there's also a lot of emotion for them, and I do understand that. Do I think that it is an an equally valid thing to be emotional about? No, but I understand that there's a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions coming from both sides, and I'm just like, I don't think in two years. Hope I mean fucking. I hope okay, safely ten years when we're looking back on COVID. Mm-hmm. Because obviously two years from now, we're not going to be, quote unquote, looking back on COVID. We're never going to be fully looking back on COVID. Yeah, but, no. you know, on the, its like deepest, darkest impact it's had on our society. When we're looking back on it, I feel like these conversations are going to have a much different light on them in hindsight. Yeah. So I'm trying to bring that into these interactions with me in the moment, yeah. but I'm not holding it against anybody for just having the emotions they're having in the moment. Like, you know, like you don't have to be there with me and totally. I don't even think what I'm doing is necessarily better or correct. It just is kind of where I stand on it. But like, ultimately I do think it's super irresponsible and shitty to not be vaccinated right now. And if you aren't vaccinated, then like, I hope you're putting on a mask. We've been talking about the Britney conservatorship and um, this week the judge denied Britney Spears's request to expedite her hearing to remove her father from the conservatorship, which oh, yes, I, I saw that is a huge, huge mistake. Up. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I honestly haven't been t- paying a ton of attention to the news, so I'm sure there's like other shit. But, like, we've been talking about Britney, so that was on my mind. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is nuts. I just, like, I don't know. I've been seeing so many fucked up takes from, like, women specifically about Britney's conservatorship. There were, you know, a lot of them have been in the vein of, oh, well, she seems manic on Instagram. So, like, that must mean that the conservatorship should stay in place. And... 
it's just like it's so insane to me to conflate being like manic and having like some kind of like very manageable mental illness with having all of your civil rights stripped away yeah. from you. Like, yeah, every time people talk about, oh, I mean, she posted something pretty fucking badass today on Instagram or by the time this comes out a few days ago. But um, was it the flag or the or the avocado? The one the avocado yeah. where she was like, I hear a lot of you have like thoughts on or maybe I don't remember which uh, caption because I, I kind of read both posts at the same time. But where she was just like, for those of you who think I should be like not posting these kinds of things on Instagram. Like my real mistake was not posting them sooner. I'm not going hard enough or whatever. And I like agree with her. It's like, I do think she's coming off. She's coming off a tad manic. Maybe she probably is. But like, like, also (laughs) I'm, I have mania. I don't like, I, there's, Maybe some of you think I should be in the conservatorship. Uh, Maybe if you've seen what I've spent on Poshmark. Yeah, here's the thing. Take Britney Spears out of a conservatorship and put me in one. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a little trade-off. Like, my God. I don't have any money, but I need a conservatorship of my person. Yeah. Yeah, I will not be able to pay for it. So let's crowdfund that. <laughs> let's do a GoFundMe for paying my conservatorship fees and then fucking put me in one, bitch. I dare you. Um, no, I mean, like, I agree with what you said. It's like somebody having, like, a manageable mental illness is, like, very different from, like, advocating for all their rights being taken away. It's insane. It's so dark. Like, if we're going to just look at celebrities' Instagrams and decide which ones should be in conservatorships based on those alone, like, why is Shia LaBeouf not in a yeah. conservatorship? Also, not that I mean, I don't think he even, does he have an Instagram? I don't know. But mm-hmm. his behavior in general. No, totally. And I'm not saying he should be in one, to be clear. I'm just saying, like, the way that we, like, allow pure mania out of specifically men, white men, it's, like, wild, the standards that other people are held to in comparison. Yep. Um, yeah. And we're just like, haha, so quirky. And he literally has like allegations against him. I want to die. Holes, incredible film. <laughs> 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 no one's de- denying that. Shia Even better Warren, name of a film. Such an evil person. So hot. Would let him fill my holes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of holes. Sorry, guys. I have to say at least two cancelable things every episode. Or <laughs> br- br- not br- really best mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not on Twitter right now and probably won't be for the foreseeable future. So it's here that I, I say my cancelable shit. I did notice that. Listen, I'm just trying to be a little bit more unknowable right now or keep things a little bit closer to the chest to the chest. And it's like we have the podcast. So I put it all out there. Instagram we have and I need to be on there for the podcast and just to, you know, be in touch with the world. But Twitter, I fucking hate it. Yeah, I hate Twitter. In that way, Brittany is like the rest of us. The worst of her is coming out on Instagram. And I think we need to allow her that space (laughs) and that room. And I also think it's just like annoying. It's annoying to like be like, ooh, her Instagram uh, presence is weird. Therefore, all of her life should be controlled by another person. It's insane. By a fucking former like alcoholic with like a restraining order on him or a current from alcoholic, her I think. own children i know yeah it's like insane. not just any restraining order yeah yeah so i would say that's the fuck up of the week as it pertains to the pod i'm sure there's other shit that happened but y'all i just simply cannot be bothered the only other piece of news i looked at this week was that trevor moore passed away Who's truly that? rest in peace it's the saddest thing 
He was the like the main guy from Whitest Kids You Know. Okay. Um, he's a comedian. Okay. He's a very beloved member of the comedy community. A lot of us were deeply inspired by him when we were younger. A lot of us have worked with him, not myself included, but like I have a lot of friends who have worked with him. And he is, uh, or he was, oh God, fuck my heart. He was just like really profoundly hilarious and frequently on the right side of history and very, um, will be very missed. And so I saw that piece of news earlier this week and I was like, you know what? I don't actually need to look at the news because that fucking hurts real bad. So yeah, anyway, I did want to just kind of take a moment to talk about that because it's a huge loss for the comedy world. But um, yeah, other than that, those are our little segments. Those are our segments. This episode, Wendy Starling. Wendy Starling. We talk a lot about... Some of the things we covered, mental health. Yes, mental health. Sex work. Sex work. Comedy. Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> the pitfalls of comedy. All of the above. All of the above. Um, um, yeah, a true treat and delight. Wendy is super fucking like beyond funny. And she's been one of my favorite comedians since I moved to New York and I first saw her and it was always like, it's like truly such an honor to call her a friend. Cause I was a legitimate fan of hers at one point and I still am, but now I'm a fan and a friend. Yeah. Um, and she is so upfront about her work in sex work, which is just like the, just true legend icon status um, to be doing that work to destigmatize and be open about that shit. Um, and also super open about her mental health. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Badass to be open and destigmatize that shit. Yeah. Um, she did want me to mention because we did record this a while ago. So if we were talking about yeah, that sounds dated, it's because it is. <laughs> if it sounds dated, it's because it is her plugs that are not mentioned in the podcast. Um, her first album recording is going to be Wednesday, October 6th at the Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis. So if you're in St. Louis, mark your calendar for October 6th, buy tickets and have your laugh, your cute little laugh recorded on Wendy's fucking comedy album, which is a huge accomplishment. And I'm so proud of her. Um, And listen to her podcast. And if you need any more information, go to wendystarling.com. Wendy spelled with an I. W-E-N-D-I starling.com for tickets, podcast links, all of that shit. And she's moving to Austin soon. So if you're in Austin, go out and see her because she's truly like it is like an honor to behold her do stand up. She's, in my opinion, one of the greats. And I'm so excited she did our podcast. And shout out to her patience for how long it took us to release yeah. it. Um, and, uh, kiss your fucking friends on the, on the mouth. mouth. Test your drugs. Test your holes. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. And um, get into it. Get into it. Bye. Love you. <laughs> okay. Wendy Starling. <laughs> my my Starling darling. How are you? I'm great. How are you? It's nice to see you again. 
It's so good to see you. Um, you two haven't met, right? No, we follow each other though on Twitter.com. <laughs> yes. And how do you find how do you find each other's presences, your internet presences? You don't have to comment on mine. Um, I love yours. <laughs> oh, I'm not on Twitter very much. I took it off my phone for my mental well being and I check in on the website twice a week. That's smart. But I love yours. I do. I'm a, it reminds oh, me of you. me three years ago. <laughs> Yeah, what happened to you three years ago? <laughs> oh, I was just a bad motherfucker. I had a sugar daddy who was one of the wealthiest people in Manhattan, and I was doing cocaine wow. in penthouses fucking constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real fun. Real fun lady. Oh, I wish I was doing that right now. Yeah, aspirational, to be honest. TBH. Yeah, um, but you give off the party vibe, and I like it. And I love your fucking hair thank clips. You. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I really do. Me too. You're the one that like rolled out of bed to be here. I actually like got ready and I'm the one that looks like I I rolled out of bed. Oh, well, that's okay. I mean, I'm wearing a bra. (laughs) Yeah. Fully rolled out of bed. (laughs) Nika is fully just wearing a bra to this podcast. Um, And if we ever release the the video, um, it'll be on our Patreon. (laughs) It'll be on our OnlyFans. Patreon might ban us for having someone in a bra. We don't know with their new terms of service. Um, So, Wendy, tell us a little bit about your relationship with mistakes. Like, what do you are are you? a a, I know. Well, I'm friends with you, so I know you're not a dweller. That's not really your style. Um, Mm -hmm. You like to keep it moving. (laughs) Yeah. What's what's take us through like what a mistake means to you and how you deal with them in your life? Um, well, for me with the mistake, like, and first of all, thank you for saying that because I really, that is, means a lot to me (laughs) that that's why we're friends, (laughs) even though truly, because I'm like, thank you. I'm glad that I'm giving that like energy out. Um, so for me, a mistake, I'm always, always have been this way. I go like, okay, that was a fuck up. What can we learn from it? Don't beat yourself up. It's not productive. Move forward. And what I found, uh, in my close to 39 years of life is the more mistakes I make and the more I just try shit. And if it doesn't work, I'm like, I got to try something else. I found that as I move forward in life, whatever you deem to be a mistake, whatever you thought was like, that was the fucking worst thing that I ever could have done that could have ever happened to me, whatever. You don't know it yet, but at some point down the road, you're going to encounter some situation or person or whatever in life and be like, oh, fuck, I know how to handle this because of this thing that I perceived as the one of the worst things that was the shittiest time in my life. And I was depressed and suicidal. And then you fast forward. It could be a month. It could be 10 years. But you'll be like, oh, shit, I'm prepared for this now because of this thing. So I take mistakes as like, OK, I don't know what the purpose of this could be and not in a religious way, but just like more of I think we're living in a simulation, but well, it's for another fucking <laughs> show. Um, so I, I try to just be calm about it and take it for what it is and be like, OK, at some point this is going to be helpful down the road. I'm not sure why, but um, I try to just get over it and forgive myself and other people and all that stupid bullshit, all that s- stupid positivity shit that actually works. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always felt that way or has that like did it take time to develop that outlook? Um, I think as a kid, I always had this weird kind of sense of like seeing myself in third person, like as if I were watching myself on a film, even as a kid. And that's why I lot of drugs I don't really like. That's why my favorite drug was cocaine, because it was like 20 minutes of dopamine and then fucking good night. (laughs) 
Um, so I always have kind of operated that way. And then like when The Secret came out and all that shit, I remember being like, well, yeah, that's duh. That's what I've been doing since I was a kid. You think of something and you imagine it. And so having that attitude towards life in general makes something where you feel like it's a mistake or a fuck up or someone wronged you. Um, it just makes it easier to deal with that because you're like, OK, all right. Whatever, move on. It's done. There's literally nothing I can do about it. So I'm just going to sit and think about it. It's all I'm going to do is stress myself out more. And then you just find yourself digging yourself into a deeper hole, you know, and like, right. Yeah, it's just not productive. Totally. <laughs> I think Nika and I are both just like staring at you because we both tend to spiral for a little while before we reach that particular realization. But we do get there. Yeah. I mean, if I, yeah, when I make a mistake, I spiral. If somebody wrongs me, it takes me less time to get to that place. Totally. Yeah. Which is something that needs to be unpacked, I think. Yeah, you you got to uh get you got to give yourself that same grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um well it is and especially when it's ourselves. So what I do is I block out a time. If I'm like going through something where I feel really shitty, I'm like you get 1 hour and you can cry and call yourself a stupid piece of shit and a fucking loser and a bitch or or a whore, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself. I'm like you get 1 hour and then after that you have to move on and you make a list and go, OK, what's bothering me? What can I control? What can I not? If you can't control it, don't think about it. If you can't control it, then OK, then what would you and then you make steps to change it. It's very kind of boring, but it's a way that I can operate in life where I can like be hyper emotional and fucking lose my shit and do drugs with billionaires and just, you know, and, and like do all. And like, I mean, I have a videotape of me pegging a billionaire. It fucking it was great. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> saved that shit to the iCloud. Um, and <laughs> but it's like so I, that's, I think, a way to be able to, to indulge in all the fun shit in life and do what people be off the rails with it. But keep boundaries with yourself a little bit mm-hmm. of healthy boundaries. Do you set a literal timer? Um, I do. Yeah. What I do is is the hour that you get to be a little bitch about this. Yes. Oh, I 100 percent set a timer and it will say like, um, oh, yeah, like a little it's like a chime. What I used to have in my old apartment and what I might get here because that was really helpful is I had a a diffuser and it had an alarm on it. So I would have like whatever scent of an essential oil going and it would go for one hour. And when it's done, it beeps to let you know it's done pushing out the scent and so I would just put that on and fucking cry and scream and like look at myself in the mirror and just be very dramatic and lay down like lay on the ground and like oh oh my god you know like in preparation for this like my best my my best mistake the the biggest mistake I ever made was being born like all that fucking dramatic junior high shit and I let myself do that and then the timer would go off and I'm like okay time to make a plan but this is not productive yeah so I set literal timers oh my god uh huh Oh, this is so genius. This is actually, I think, life-changing advice. Truly. Because <laughs> I just, I'll, sometimes my, my spiral is like a week long. And I'm like, yeah. okay, Anya, you did it. You spiraled. It's time to make a plan. But you're out here giving yourself an hour. <laughs> One hour. Yeah. Well, you know what I liken it to? It's the compartmentalization with the, it started with the sugar daddy thing. Because in New York, when I started dating sugar daddies, it would. It was this really intense thing where I've trained myself to be with this person. That's someone that I've been with for four years plus. We now are in different cities, but we still are in contact. And that was really intense. Uh, where it's like I was like, we said I love you, and like we love each other, and but we can't be together. It's just not that what it is. And so I 
trained myself over those four years. I was like, I want to have this experience with him and I want to be here, but I have to be able to willing to let go of this emotion in order to continue to have it. I, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, I have yeah. to, if I want to keep having these great, like two, three hours with this person and have this intense connection, I have to also know that it's, but this is like anything in life. Um, we don't own people. So I mm-hmm. had to learn to be like, it's like I say to my cat when he's playing with his toy and he like grabs it and then he looks at me and cries and I'm like, buddy, you got to let go. Like if you want to keep playing, you have to let go of the toy so I can keep throwing yeah. it back and forth. And so that experience with the, my boyfriend that I had for four years, um, I take, I started taking that into other parts of my life and it's really helpful where I'm like, look, you can do the super fun shit. You just can't do it all the time. Because it's too intense and you won't get anything done. And so I've just learned to be like, this is this time for this. And then a reset time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds neurotic, but it works. <laughs> no, that sounds like the perfect way for a neurotic person to channel their channel their yeah neuroses that's like very like therapist of you that sounds like homework that a good therapist would give to a patient yeah oh thanks it's like inspiring to be honest yeah Um, I've never had a therapist tell me to do anything like this before yeah but I think that I could benefit from uh I could take a page out of your your book Wendy if you'd let me (laughs) yeah well you can xerox a page the Wendy Starling method yeah, exactly. Yeah, feel free to. That's how it's like. I'm bipolar and probably a couple other things, and I don't take medication. And so it's like, because I like like all the fun part of it. <laughs> so it's just like, how do I manage the shitty part so that I can just have the kind of like eighty percent mania? You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Are are we three bipolar people talking to each other right now? That's so oh cute, my God. you guys. We're gonna open up a portal. <laughs> I'm not personally manic right now, but maybe after talking, I find that Nika and I sync up our mania pretty easily. Um, So maybe after this conversation, I'll have uh, channeled some mania out. I'll, I'll, you guys are like my life, my mania force, you know? Yeah. I can't tell what I've been this week. Yeah. I'm (laughs) definitely depressed right now. (laughs) I I can tell for sure. Um, yeah, Yeah, but not in a sad way, in an energy way, you know? Yeah. Well, a lot like, of time, I'm just like in a slump. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, too, because I've been I was diagnosed when I was 19 um, and I'm that was like 20 years ago almost. So a lot of times and I have to remind myself when I feel like a slump or I'm like, am I depressed? It's like, no, bitch, you're just not fucking you're normally running at like mm, levels. Yeah, of, I'm just not manic. Right. You're just not manic. And so it's like, oh, this is just normal. And so I have to be like, give myself even with that. I'm like, OK, great. So you're tired. So fucking take a nap. Good. Relax. Because guess what? In a couple days, you're going to be up like, I am starting two websites, writing three books, and I'm going to do a separate Patreon to document each journey. (laughs) What? What are we talking about? And then when you come back down to earth, you're like, I said I was going to do what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All these people are like, so when do you want to meet about that project? And you're like, hold on a second. No. (laughs) In retrospect, I'm definitely manic because I did email a communal land trust uh, in Northern California (laughs) last night asking them if I could rent a cabin for a month (laughs) at any point this winter. So, yeah, definitely that was a manic thing to do. Yeah, you know you're manic when when you like go to follow up on something that you did when you were manic. You're like, what was yeah. that? <laughs> what was the plan exactly? <laughs> I said what? Yeah. Yeah. Um 
So, Wendy, we have a segment um, that we're going to do in the intro to this, but we would love to have your version of it as well. It's called Mistakes, Keepsakes, and Hot Takes. And it's just in this last week, in the last seven days, what's uh, a mistake you made? Um, what's a keepsake? So something like a triumph, something you're glad you did. And then a hot take is just like an unrelated observation um, that you have for the week. Okay. Um, and your mistake doesn't have to be like, you know, it can literally be like, oh, I went somewhere and it was closed. You know, like it doesn't have to be like, Wendy, how did you change this week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's say, oh, this is super easy. So the mistake is, um, and, you know, for all you foot fetish people, the mistake this week <laughs> is... I clipped my toenail too short and then immediately put on my running shoes with two pairs of socks because it's fucking cold. And I ran five miles. And I had a little bit of pain in my toe. I'm like, it's probably fine. I woke up yesterday with a fucking swollen, ingrown toenail. Oh, no. No. Yeah, so that was the mistake is that if (laughs) something hurts, fucking pay attention to it. I've got like a foot soaker out here. I'm fixing it but it's like motherfucking cunt um and that's tied to the mistake of me buying boys shoes because they were on sale and they're the best running shoes women's shoes are all like hot pink and for style and i'm like i'm running up and down brick fucking hilly roads they're like i don't know it's for like a 14 year old boy okay great um so that's the mistake let's see a keepsake hmm oh god Trying to think. I had a lot of good. I, I would say follow your instinct. That's a is that does that count for this? Sure. A keepsake. I had an an experience where um, I normally have a really hard, fast boundary with meeting up with people. And I was communicating with this person a lot and I just followed my instincts and this ties with the foot. I was supposed to be gone yesterday. My foot was so fucked up that I couldn't go on this like walking adventure with a friend so I stuck at home and this person who had been trying to meet up with me was like, do you want to go for a walk? And I'm like, you know what? Fucking, you just come over. If you want to come over, come to my apartment, which I would never do. Mm-hmm. I said, just come over to my apartment. I got a foot soak. I have no makeup on but if you want to come over because this dude was just like, let's go for a walk. Let's hang on. I'm like, I fucking, so I, he came over and like, um, just we made out for like two hours and it was great oh yeah congrats on that keepsake i love an extended makeout sesh yeah and it was in the windowsill so that's the follow oh wait i have a i have a question was your foot soaking during the makeout for making (laughs) out (laughs) (laughs) no but i dude i sent him a picture because it was one of these things where you know it's just like tough right now to meet up and it's go for a walk in the park and it's whatever because nothing's open and I'm trying to set boundaries with men and be like, I'm busy. You respect me. And we do. But I with this guy, I just was like, you know what? Fucking. He's like, well, I'm in your neighborhood. I'm like, you know, just come over. Just come over. And then I was like, this is. And he's so fucking hot and really cool. Oh, congrats. Thanks. And what's your hot take? Oh, God. Um, it doesn't have to be political or anything. Oh, good. Because I, I feel like our, our hot takes are usually not just political. Like, <laughs> our yeah, hot good. takes are usually um, about pretty, Twitter discourse. They're usually about Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But you're not really you don't scroll as as much as we do. So, no. oh, I got maybe. a hot take. I got a hot take on TikTok. I got a TikTok take because so 
Um, okay. I We're have listening. noticed there seems to be, and I know we talk about there's like a like a war on sex workers and on women, um, and that's women with a Y. It's just what I found. I've been really <laughs> studying TikTok. And I think the war is not necessarily on like women persons. I think the war is on anyone that's not like a 19 year old hot chick that doesn't say more than like five words at a time. That's what it seems to be. They took down my fucking jokes, my sugar daddy jokes. They are jokes. Okay. And it was a bad I'm filter. Kidding. But yeah, I was wearing like a big ass sweater like this. So it's not like I was like, this is, this is like a joke out of sugar daddy. Look at my nipple. It's not for, I was doing jokes. <laughs> Jokasa. <laughs> they took that the fuck down for illegal activity. And then, so I looked and I thought, oh, is the hashtag sugar daddy being taken down? No, 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 no. There's, there are many videos on TikTok by this one user who's fucking looks like a Barbie doll for full Botox at like cannot legally buy alcohol age. <laughs> and her hashtag is sugar daddy. She has millions of views and she's literally teaching a class on like, okay, so here's how to get a sugar daddy and work them for money. She's literally teaching like that's insane. She, she's she's literally an online madam, and they're like, "Let it ride, let it ride, <laughs> let it ride." She's look, it's like it's like you know what I mean. They're like, "Look, we just think want them young and stupid." They're like, mm, "It looks like she just barely got her period, so we'll let it hang for a little bit." But this mouthy one, she's almost forty. It's like I fuck- <laughs> she should be making a living elsewhere. You should be. You should be married, Wendy. <laughs> well, that's probably why they're that's... like, she's fuck. They're like, oh, this old bitch can't get knocked up anyway. She's got nothing to lose. Get her off the internet. <laughs> I mean, you raise a good point, though, about like these online madams, because that is where, like, that's where they need to be focusing on this, like, mythical creature of sex trafficking happening with OnlyFans. Yeah. Because it's like, all I saw. I've seen so many videos of like 18, 19 year old girls being like, come live in my OnlyFans workers mansion in L.A. And like recruiting <laughs> girls to come essentially to like pimp them out. Also, even if you don't literally live in a mansion together making OnlyFans content, I think the referral benefit, you know, if, if you get someone to sign up, you get a percentage of what they make. Yeah. That like I've seen a lot of people kind of exploit that in a way that I'm not very chill with where like they kind of lie about how much money you can make on OnlyFans and they're like, I made a hundred K in two months and you can too. Just like join my Facebook group and I'll give you advice and make sure you use my referral link or you're not allowed in the Facebook group. And it's like, you're just like lying to people about this changing their life, which here's the thing. Online sex work does change lives. It changed mine. It like, I think that it, it is um, a very powerful, valuable thing if you do it because you want to do it and you do it in the way that you want to. But um, I didn't make a hundred K in two months. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, and I have a platform, you know, so if there's somebody that is starting with like almost no platform and you're like lying to them about how much money they could make on there just so that you can get 10% of the $500 they do end up making, that feels shady to me. That feels like just... what a pimp does when they're yeah. like, hey, <laughs> exactly. you're on the street. Do you want to make a lot of money? Look at this big ass Technicolor fur coat I'm wearing. That's what a <laughs> yep. pimp does. 
And that's why these people have problem. And by these people, I mean fucking men. So let's not. Sorry, I'm fired up. I am fired up because I watched <laughs> Please this don't room apologize. accusation 206 or whatever that thing. But that fucking French politician that was just like raping and sexually assaulting people like women all over the world. And every, and he just got mm-hmm. off because he's rich. And I'm like this fucking motherfucking society. Here's the thing. That's why no, they're not going to crack down on OnlyFans and that pyramid. It's, I mean, it's a it's a pyramid scheme for pussy. So it's like, let's yeah. uh, like not act like that's not what it is when they put that out there. They don't yeah. have a problem with that because guess who's making money at the top of that pyramid? The fucking men running that website. So yep. if like that's why Playboy and all these when you look at and like Pornhub, they don't have a problem with that because. The, at the top of that food chain, men are making money off of women's bodies. But they got a problem with me. They got to pull down a video where I make telling a joke about where I'm banging my old boyfriend for fucking an iPhone because they're like, this is trafficking. This is because they're mad because they don't get a piece of it. Yeah, that that's truly what it is. That's I've been really studying because I'm like, because I like TikTok. I like doing it. And I'm going to and I'm like more fired up than ever to like find a way to like keep putting content out there. Like the stuff that like now, we like to talk about because <laughs> chicks get fired up. Uh-huh. They're like commenting like, fuck, yeah, you better go and all kinds of woman power shit. And like two days later, uh-huh. they're like deleted. Instagram advertises lingerie to me. So it's anytime I click on an advertisement from them, they're getting money off of my sex work. But if I try to advertise my sex work on their platform, they'll delete my account. (laughs) It's like, then maybe like, don't try to profit off of what I'm doing. Like anytime Instagram, like my ads are so obviously like, Hey, we noticed you're a whore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'd love to profit off of that. But if you try to, um, (laughs) bye-bye. I know it's, fucking nuts and what's wild is to post a picture and i'm not throwing shade i love i love everybody's hustle i love my friends i want all my friends to be successful so it's not throwing shade at my friends it's talking shit directly to the people at instagram and their terms of service so it's like it's like so i could show like my full outline of my pussy i could show full (laughs) camel toe if what i'm advertising is like look at i'm selling fanny packs with my podcast name on it this is for my merch I'm showing you yep. my fucking my cunt for my merch. They'd be like, yeah. that's great. We love it. We loved. It. And if it's just your tits and you're, or, you know, you're just it's just your tits and you're like, you need to check out like, look at these cute hats. Look at these cute hats I'm making. It's like in the top of the frame. <laughs> so if you're pitching something like that or even the the most embarrassing of all, trying to promote a show, <laughs> just like you're trying to get people to that. come and watch your Zoom show for free. You're like, I guess I got to show fucking hole for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. That, that's fine. Because they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to look at your body parts. We get to look at all mm-hmm. your fuck parts. And, and and you know, and just objectify you like the fucking piece of meat that you are. And the only person that, that's going to profit off of that is us. They, yeah. It's, it's so obvious that I, now I'm getting pissed. Now, I, I, the last couple <laughs> days, I've been like getting real pissed. And I'm like, well, now I'm just going to keep doing more of this and just find a way to just fucking poke at the system. That's how I feel. I'm like, delete my account. I'm still going to post what I post. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, come for me. If they come for me, I'll tell them that Anya Volts trafficked me. <laughs> That's going to be my new. Okay, bitch, start. you never used my referral link. So I don't want to see my friends naked. I'm going to start. No, my, the referral link doesn't make you subscribe to me. It just oh. gives me a percentage of what you make. Oh. And it takes it away from OnlyFans. All right, well, you send me another referral link. 
and I'll start it. You have to start a new OnlyFans for that. Well, maybe if I delete my OnlyFans, I'll start a new one. Okay, great. Love that. Let's let's that's the plan then. I I'm not yeah. I'm I was not uh mad at you for not following Never my OnlyFans. <laughs> Nico, why don't you want to see my pussy? <laughs> This is your punishment, Nika. You're doing a podcast. This is, you realize this is your punishment. I don't want to see anyone's pussy, including my own. That's how I really feel about it. Honestly, I get it. Um, but I am queer. <laughs> just so we're clear. Um, just so that I can get the queer clout, I am queer. Um, JK. It's mostly for the two girls that I would have sex with. Sex with. The two girls on earth that I would break my <laughs> Just rule in case for. they're listening. You're like, eh, but I would fuck specifically you. Right. You're like, again, um, I don't want to see your pussy. So I'll go down on you. Eyes closed. Just eyes fully yeah, closed. Yeah, just really. <laughs> I don't know. I've been watching a lot of like uh, pussy heavy porn lately to try to get over my like fear of pussies. It's kind of helping. Though Pornhub, speaking of Pornhub, <laughs> just recently took down my favorite video. I'm so pissed because it wasn't verified. Oh. I'm literally going to kill myself. What was the video? I like loved this, these, this trio. Tell us about it. Was it this trio in Barcelona that I am obsessed with? They're so cute. Can and I they guess? Are have, they have a threesome. Wait, is it Dolls mm-hmm. Cult? No, oh. it's like just these <laughs> random people made it. Oh, okay. I don't it wasn't like with a studio they just like made it themselves mm-hmm. um, I don't know the title was like sharing my girlfriend with my guy friend on vacation um, and it's gone now and it's gone <laughs> I'm, so I'm gonna send you a link because what you're describing there are people on Pornhub and they're called Dolls Cult and they do a lot of like sharing my best friend with my stepbrother and okay yeah I love that shit yeah yeah also, it's fucking super hot because even like there the, the first one I saw they were like in the dressing room in a mall and they were for reals just like in the mall it wasn't like a, like a mall oh, I love set that. they were in the mall and just like and it's very cute and teasy and like pff, it's really they did such a good job of getting the angles of like like where the one chick is like getting fucked. So she's taking a dick in her ass or pussy. My favorite is a dick in the ass and then a chick licking the pussy. That's yes. my favorite. Ugh, I mean, every time. <laughs> Chef's kiss, baby. Yeah. On that note, I'm going to dive into a listener mistake for us all to kind of unpack together. I feel like it's kind of related in that it's not related whatsoever to what we're talking about. Listener mistakes. All right, so this comes from um, uh, crab underscore raccoons on Twitter. It's a thread of uh, of a mistake. So buckle in, everybody. I pooped my pants on <laughs> on an away soccer game bus ride. Immediately went to the bathroom to get rid of the evidence. But as you know, high school sports require all gear back at the end of the season. I didn't know that. Why would I know what high school sports require? Oh no. <laughs> um. So stuffed it in the gear. Stuffed it in the gym bag after attempting to clean it in the bathroom. The varsity team comes in, and I'm cowering in the stall, doing my best to stay hidden, like. A poo-poo and Frank. <laughs> Loud as hell, I hear, ew, who shit themselves? Needless to say, I did not answer their riddle. Once they left, I scurried to the stands, told the coach my stomach hurty. <laughs> he was he was a bro and was like, whatever. Called my mommy. She picked me up an hour away. I told her what happened because we cool like that. 
packed in the trunk, drove home, cleaned everything as best I could. The bag still smelled, though. Finished out the season. Turned in the gear next season, however. I remember the I remembered the bag was number six. Guess who didn't pick it? Also, it still stunk. What up? Um, Ew. And then I said, okay, but why did you shit your pants? And he replied, it was a, it was wacky wiener Wednesday at the cafeteria and I've never turned down a, a good glizzy. <sighs> I think it was the um, chili that was on it. But T- TBH, the why never occurred to me. I was preoccupied with the how I'm going to survive this as a freshman in high school um, priorities. Uh, the mistake here is that this person really didn't share this mistake with enough shame for my taste because that was just disgusting beginning to end. So, what what's your take, Wendy? Yeah. Oh, I think that I'm going to go with Nika on this. I think the mistake was writing in to even fucking tell anybody about that. That's <laughs> that to me is one of those things. And again, I'm very like, hey, move on. And sometimes moving on, you don't need to tell everyone if you make a mistake. Sometimes you need to take that shit to the grave with you. You need to. <laughs> That's so true. Just like, hey, you got away with it. Just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And move on. Yeah, no, that was like upsetting. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm more upset about the story or the way he, this is a this is a man, correct? Yeah. <laughs> just, with the way that he described like the hot dog, so that to me was the most like the chili dog, the whole thing. A glizzy yeah, it was really um really made me angry to be honest. Yeah, I yeah. did shit my pants once though, so I relate. Really... I was gonna say I feel like um. You guys are not uh, sympathizers to pants shitting. No, I've done me. it. I shit my pants like didn't even realize I'd shit my pants and had shit my pants while I was picking out a wedding dress for my sister's wedding. Ooh, Like straight out of bridesmaids, like straight. I had shit my pants the night before because I'd been rolling on Molly at a club yeah. and like <laughs> fell asleep fully clothed on a couch and she picked me up and I like just got in the car. But the whole day I was like, someone smells <laughs> Like shit. Like somebody smells disgusting. What is going on? And I went to the bathroom when we were at lunch. I just need to pause real quick because our producer is Nika's sister. Oh, this was our other sister. I know, but one of your sisters. (laughs) She wasn't there. I was going to ask if, okay, so Elisa, you weren't there. The look of horror that was just on (laughs) Elisa's face during this story um, was something to behold. Yeah, and when I got to the bathroom, I was like, oh, I'm the one that has smelled all day. It was terrible. (laughs) I thought that my sister didn't know, but apparently she did because she told my mom about it (laughs) and was like, Nika, shit her pants. I'm so mad. Wait a minute. This is the same sister. This is the same sister whose wedding I blacked out at. So it was just a year. Well, I I have a question for Nika. So, like, how much now? Because again, and I look, I shit my pants a lot. I was I started doing cocaine when I was thirty four, and I'm never without some type of a stimulant laxative on my person. So, (laughs) shitting my shitting my pants is kind of like you know my lifestyle. Um, I I truly I shit myself. I was I'm not exaggerating. Like three weeks ago, just a little bit because I hadn't eaten very much. I was intermittent fasting and I had a spirulina shot of water and I was downstairs waiting for my friend to pick me up. And um, I just was like, oh, I think I have to fart. And I was like, nope, I do not. Nope, no, no. And I text her. I go, hey, BRB. And I went upstairs. She said, what happened? I'm like, oh, a little bit of fucking shit came out. But I take laxatives so, like I'm used to it. Um, 
but so oh, I have no. I have a question. As someone, yeah. a fellow pants shitter, um, <laughs> how? So, what kind of shit was it that was in you? Was it just a little bit so that the smell no. came up through the dare? Was it like a full? <laughs> was it? And I'm so sorry to your sister who's in the room. <laughs> was it like a full like a shit you'd be like oh like someone's dog took a shit in my pants and <laughs> like didn't it was... clean it up wait you didn't feel it no i felt nothing because i had just like done it the night before while i was sleeping so it was just it you know in my yeah it was you know i mean it was enough that like i threw the underwear out <laughs> like it was um it was terrible and then i went back to the table and ate my pasta wow yeah, I here I that. was thinking that you two weren't shitting your pants enough, but no, but that's a story I've never told. I haven't even tweeted about that before. <laughs> Egg on my face, yeah, shit in my pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, we shit ourselves the all along. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. was a cokehead for two years. Of course, I shit my pants multiple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys are the ones that know more than I do about shitting pants. I was the one that was thinking that you were not being sympathetic enough to our uh, to our listener. But I guess so you're just upset that he didn't have enough shame about it because you're like, well, as pants shitters, yeah. you got to tell that story with a little bit with like your shame. head down. He was like, ex- he was like gleeful to share his shit story. Like, oh, and then my mommy and I ate a glizzy like walk with your head down a little bit. Now I, well, now, <laughs> well, now I feel like we're getting into tricky territory because this feels very like, you know, how you're supposed to like, well, if you get sexually assaulted, you're supposed to be, you know, this way. Now I feel like we don't want to, we don't want to shit shame this man. Everyone maybe deals with shitting I'll themselves shit shame differently. Him. <laughs> I'll fucking poop shame him all I want. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, it seems like he doesn't have shame to begin with. So if we pile some on, it doesn't, I don't think it's going to uh, impact No, he's going to, he's going to be like... It's going to be off of him. Yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you, listener, for your uh, vulnerability. <laughs> but also, just Don't ever reel fucking it in. tweet at us again. No, I'm just <laughs> reel, reel it in just a smidge. I thought that it was funny. I mean, I knew immediately while reading it that you would not like how it was written, which is why I wanted well, to read it. But I liked it. I liked that about it. <laughs> I was like, this is absolutely um, horrific to read, and I can't wait to read it to I, everyone. I, I want to spread the the burden, you know? I also publicly <laughs> constantly act like I hate poop jokes and poop talk, but anyone who knows me IRL knows that behind the scenes, I'm constantly <laughs> making poop jokes. So that I'm blowing my cover today. That's why I reacted that way. <laughs> Edit it out. Edit it out in post. <laughs> We can't, uh, we can't impact the brand. Nico Lamato talks about <laughs> the, loving scat play. The Sun writes about this. <laughs> Nico Lamato talks about loving scat play on new podcast called Best Mistakes. Exclusive scoop here in the Sun. What do you think about her? Oh, I don't know. I look at her different now. Talking about scat play, I don't like it. I thought she was like um, there for all of us, but. I think it's dirty. Oh, now I desperately want to watch Love Island. (laughs) (laughs) Now I desperately want to watch a bunch of dumb, hot people just say my type on paper. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Can I pull you for a chat? Because he's great on paper, right? But like, (laughs) he's not. Uh, And call themselves us. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) He's quite fit, yeah. 
<laughs> he pulled us for a chat when she just means herself. It's like, are you okay, right. Amber? <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> um, we're going to get her medicated and uh, let's get on to Wendy's best mistake. Oh my God, yes. I'm Tell us your best fucking mistake of all time. Ready, go. <laughs> best mistake. Well, I thought about this, and this is something that I recently was like, you know what? I think I may have accidentally made a good decision by doing this thing. So this is perfect timing. So in the most recent, I would say five years, the best mistake was turning out to be like secretly was a smart move on my part. It was like a, a, the ultimate chess move where I'm like, aha, now who's got who in a corner, motherfucker? There is a documentary out for purchase. It's streaming. It's called Funny Pains. Uh, I'm on the cover of it. I'm on the front of the poster. I have top billing. It's about me. They followed me. These documentarians found me at a bar show when I first moved to New York. They followed me for two and a half years. They got the beginning of Glamour Puss. They got panel interviews. It's very cool. <clears throat> now, although I'm on the cover and I have the title billing, that film was released without a contract in place because I would not sign a new very shitty contract that they sent to me while in May of 2020, and I'm not sure if we all remember what was going on in May of 2020, but a lot of us were locked inside of our fucking tiny-ass apartments having mental breakdowns. <laughs> and the documentary is about me making jokes about bipolar and about when I was raped. So their whole angle was like, we're really woke men and we're going to make a document about this woman who's like because women struggle and she was sexually assaulted and like she's fucking crazy and she somehow makes sentences are good for her and we're heroes. And the mistake I made, what I thought was a mistake, was when we first met four and a half, however many years ago, when they saw me at this bar and they said, we want to follow you. We think you're interesting. Make a documentary. I think I was still drunk from the night before. And I was like, sure, fucking whatever. And my head was like shaved bald. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. And <laughs> we, so we agreed to do this. There was a contract. Now, I'd never had manager, agent, nothing. I'd move, I'd come from L.A., so I'm not, you know, I wasn't like coming from the, the middle of fucking a farm, you know. So I, I kind of knew the business a little bit. But anyway, they give me a contract. He said, we're going to split it three ways. You get three, you get 30% of the revenue that we receive our, if we, even if we sign with other people, you get 30, this is going to be like our film and we want to be fair to you. And I said, great. I signed it, sent it to them. They lived in Boston at the time, sent it to them. And I never got a copy of the completely signed document. I did not think to oh. get it from them. I trusted them. So I signed it. They signed it. They kept it. I never got a copy of it. Fast forward over the past, uh, over the course of the documentary and the post-production, they became increasingly shitty to me, like very mean. The only money I was paid for that film, I was, I have not received any money for it. The only money that I was paid was because my friend, shout out Christina Hutchinson, who's a producer on that. She came in halfway through production because her podcast had blown up. So now she had money to invest and thank God. So she put it a little bit in as a producer just to have so I could have some kind of control because they were like, you don't get to see any of it. Wendy, you're the subject. You're the subject. I said, that's great. I trusted these people. And because she had a little bit of control as a producer, we did a shoot with other like famous comedians. They brought in as a panel. They hadn't paid me. I was struggling. They kept promising. Oh, when this marker hits, you get money. And they were just fucking with me and pulling this carrot in front of my face. And because I'm not a liar. 
I don't think other people are lying. I'm not trying to fuck people over. So I don't think other people are trying to fuck me over. And gave them the benefit of the doubt. And I was like, well, maybe they're having a bad day. Like, that's kind of how I operate in life. I'm like, yeah, they're probably having a bad day. We all have bad days. So I'm gonna, personally, <laughs> you have to really, like, fuck me over hard for me to be like, hey, wait a minute. I think you're doing bad guy activities. And I'm going to say something. Like, I'm pretty. <laughs> so um, the only money I was paid was I was paid two day rates which were the day rate that the other comedians on the panel were paid. And that was because while they were handing envelopes of cash to famous comedians that were already successful and did not need the help, I was on set crying because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to cover rent this month. And you're telling me you don't have money to pay me, but you're handing envelopes of cash to wealthy comedians. And there's a crew with badges with my face on it, and I fucking lost it. And my friend Christina took them outside and said, you better fucking pay her at least for these two shoot days that she's been here, what you're paying these other comedians. She's like, that's one of my best friends. If you don't pay her, I fucking will. And they said, fine. And they pulled out an envelope with a bunch of cash and just took out a thousand dollars cash and gave it to her to give to me. They did not hand it to me. They gave- so that's the only money I was paid by these cunts. And for the documentary about you. Yep. Whose knees do we need to break? I know, seriously. Who the fuck are these people? Well, and what's interesting is, and I just, again, even then I didn't, the contract, I just assumed I had a copy of it, whatever. Fast forward, now we're in lockdown, quarantine, COVID's here. And they're like, so all these streaming companies need content. No one would buy the film because the editing was not great. Not to sell. You know what? I'm not even being a cunt. Go on Amazon and read the fucking reviews. All the reviews, which I just, I looked at for the first time. Because I have just not, and I was like, oh, these these people are fucked really hard. Mm-hmm. All the reviews are like, Wendy's great. We wish there was more of her. The editing's fucking kind of weird and bad. And I was like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> they were so, they treated me like shit because Andrew Schultz is in it. And I like all those comedians. They're famous comedians in it. But I think in their mind, they were like, these people with a million followers are going to retweet this movie. And they're like, mm-hmm. they don't give a fuck. They showed up and made $500 to talk about comedy for two hours. You need to be nice to me. Because if people watch yeah. the movie, it's because they're going to like me. So you have to be nice to me. And Ugh. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of made me feel good. But long story short, they all these um, streaming services were running out of content because everyone's just at home, locked uh, under quarantine, just watching shit. So where they couldn't sell the film to save their fucking life. Now people are just like, yeah, we'll buy it for whatever. But so it was for like less money and they probably got a worse deal. I wasn't privy to any of this, but I assume that's what happened based on how quickly Mm -hmm. it went down. So they're like, hey, we got a buyer because people are like, we'll take fucking take whatever we can get. We just literally need something to fill the Mm -hmm. airwaves. And um, it was all very quick. And they said, hey, there's a new contract we need you to sign because now we've partnered with all these other distribution, a couple different distribution companies. And they sent it to me and the contract was basically like, I don't get any money until all the costs of the film are covered. And um, so I was literally on this this payout sheet. I was literally the last person to get paid any money. And there were also clauses in there that said, I can't say anything bad about the film or anyone involved in the making of it because I talked about it on my podcast. And they were like, you said bad stuff. I'm like, no, I said you guys were treating me like shit because you were. Because mm-hmm. you were. And and that's the other thing is like 
you made a documentary, documentary about a comedian, and it's not like I'm like known for my like hilarious puns about animals. I literally, it's literally about me making jokes about painful shit in my life, and I talked yeah. about myself. So guess what? You turned this situation. It's like you're telling me I can't do my job. Yeah. It's a movie about me. So if I want to talk shit about, that's literally what I do for work. That's what, and that's what the <sighs> movie is about. Yeah. So they had all these clauses. I don't have a lawyer at this time. I, I, and I still don't. I had no attorney, no manager, no money, no means to get anyone to help me. People, a lot of people just weren't working. So I was stuck in this position where I'm like, they were like, I said, well, I want to stick with the original contract. They're trying to trick me into signing whatever. At one point they, uh, I got an email and in all caps, it said, Wendy, no one is trying to screw you over. And I was like, oh, oh, thank you. I'm so glad. That's what that's normal. That's how you know someone's being nice to you because they tell you in all caps. Hey, I'm not trying to fuck you over, you stupid fucking bitch. Here's what's going to happen if you don't sign this new contract. They truly it's like mob tactics. My friends read yeah. it. They were like, this is they're like, our families will be go hungry if you don't sign this and we don't close this deal. So they're just bullying me and like gaslighting me. These email chains are fucking insane. And I just tried to like stay calm. And I was like, I'm not signing this. I'm not signing it. So I don't know what to tell you. And one of the pieces of paper that I did sign that was like in conjuncture with a contract was a talent release. Now the talent release, people that do not work in the industry, is what you would give to someone who was the background actor in a coffee shop for like 30 seconds. It's a ten. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're you're gonna be in this in the film for like a quick hot second. We're just gonna need you to sign this release. That's what a talent release is. So I signed. I said I'm not signing this new contract. I'm not gonna do it. And they're like, fine, you can pick. We can stick with the original one. I said I'd like to stick with the original one. And they're like, okay, great. Um, so I re-signed the original one that said thirty percent revenue, and I also signed the talent release that went with it. And on top of the talent release. It, it said in bold on the top of the talent release, it's, it had the same, like, Wendy Starling is entitled to 30% of the revenue received by this production company. So that's on the talent release. I signed that. I send that back to them. And, like, two days before the movie, the premiere of the movie was released, they respond and they're like, thanks. Um, you know what? We're just going to go ahead. And, uh, and I said, well, you send me a, co a copy of the signed contract because now I know, right, going back to the original mistake, I never asked for a copy of the fully signed contract by everyone. Mm -hmm. And so when I sent that, I said, will you please send me a copy of this contract once you sign it? And they responded, um, you know what? We're not going to send you a copy. We don't need to. We, you know, we've, we did some research with our lawyers. We don't even need a contract with you. We just need a talent release. And you already signed it. And that's all we need. Thanks. So they wow. released the film and they signed. They made a p place for themselves to sign. I'll just And they signed the bottom of the fucking talent release and sent it back to me. Oh my god! So this movie's out there, and people are buying it, and and it's like for sale and for rent, and I'm not seeing any of it. Jesus Christ! Yeah. What, like, what can we can can anything be done to like help? Like, what or well, expose these fucks? Here's so here's what I figured out the other day when I went on these Amazon reviews because I googled <laughs> it because I was like, I just want to see like if there's a way to see views. Um, because all the reviews and there are a couple people because I've talked about this on my podcast um, there are some people and thank you to people that are writing these reviews I saw one review and it said I had a hard time enjoying it knowing that Wendy Starling was not paid and her contract was not honored so I'm like fucking rock, punk rock yes so and Dave Chappelle put this thing out that he released where he was talking about um, Comedy Central and people they locked him into some like lifelong contract 
I signed that when I was fucking broke. And now they're putting like, please, you know, with the Chappelle show. And he mm-hmm. made this big public thing about how unfair the business is and how there's no compassion and people need to be paid for their work. So they're kind of in a corner because I don't think the movie's doing that well and making a lot of money. They haven't and they've not been promoting it. They haven't done any hard promotional push. And I think it's because they know if they in their mind, they're like, we want this movie to be big. They figured out, oh, wait, we fucked Wendy over. I signed a talent release. I there's no I have no contractual obligation to keep my mouth shut about it. Yeah. Okay. So they put my ass. They're like, no, nope, you're just oh, if I'm just an extra in a coffee shop, then who cares what I have to say about this? Then who cares? Right. If I'm a nobody, right. I'm such a nobody that you don't need a contract and you don't have to pay me. Then who cares what I have to say about this? So they fuck themselves just being greedy and trying to be like, how do we fucking get our little, you know, our little bag instead of thinking big picture. So they are in this fucking corner where they want the movie to do well. But if it does well, that means I get exposure. And as soon as I start to get more exposure, if the documentary blows up, I'd be, people would be like, that's great. Wendy. And I'll be like, here's my Venmo. I wasn't paid. And they would be fucked so hard. And I would be so easy for me to get that 30% because it's on the talent release of which yeah. I have a copy that we both signed it. So, it's just interesting for me to watch because I'm like, hmm, oh, this is kind of interesting because then I'm being very deliberate with what I do career-wise because it's like, as soon as something happens, I can, like, they're fucked. Yeah. They're fucked wow. really hard either way. I also remember you and I, like, kind of, uh, like, venting to each other because we both had really shitty show business stuff happen to us at the exact same time in May. <laughs> Yes. Um, And it's kind of a similar thing that we were talking about earlier. My thing was I was like soft fired from a shitty comedy job that was not paying me a lot anyway, because um, they found out about my OnlyFans when there's like a phone call where like the executive producer, the producer and my manager and I were all on the phone and the executive producer literally said that one of the reasons that they hired me for the job is because I'm like super open about my sexuality and I have sex appeal. <laughs> and then then they fired me because I made money off of that. So they were basically doing the Instagram thing. Um They didn't officially fire me. I can't accuse them of that. But they just haven't called me in six months. So you tell me what happened. Right. But um, but yeah, I remember us kind of like uh, bonding over like, yeah, this kind of sucks right now. But I think for both of us, it's like we can talk. (laughs) Right. That's like that's the thing is like neither of us have to not tell anyone about what happened. Mm -hmm. So and um, also. Quick, this is the other thing, too, because, yeah, I remember talking with you about that. Here's the thing where people, yeah, a comedy group, they're like, hey, can you come and do this show for free? It's a free show. We're going to make a movie about you and include, like, there are, in this segment, there are, like, home videos of me when I was a kid, like, doing, like, a rap, which is, like, the most embarrassing. (laughs) And, like, I think in the rap, too, my ex, my, like, sugar daddy ex-whatever boyfriend thing, but he watched the document and he was like, I'm really concerned because you were rapping and you're, like, 10-year-old girls rap about how, like, you 
swim to keep you like fit and trim. And he's like, he goes, you know, you're, you really have a great body. And I'm just worried that you have some like, I'm like, there's a movie with me as a child rapping about an eating disorder. So it's like, <laughs> oh my God. And I haven't seen any money. That's fucking humiliating. So that's when people are like, um, gross. I can't believe you're talking about like you have sugar daddies and you have an OnlyFans. It's like, well, fucking, what do you want me to do? There's a full length feature <laughs> film. I didn't get paid for that. So now now let's talk about like Wendy respect yourself. Now let's talk about yeah. hey, you comedians and our OnlyFans, you can respect yourself. We're doing bar shows for free for our entire fucking life until you get something. You do guest spots. A guest spot at a comedy club is ten minutes of unpaid labor. Yeah. And like I get it. And but like that's so it's like you want to talk about this thing of like respect yourself? It's like we are respecting ourselves with sex work of any kind. We're getting paid for our fucking time and energy. You want to talk? It's like, you should respect yourself and get a, you know, just get a tech job. Oh, really? Where I can have an unpaid internship for three months <laughs> and work 40 hours a week and not get paid. But because my yeah. clothes are on and I'm not wearing like a cat eyeliner, I'm respecting myself. Fucking get up the fuck out of here. The idea of respecting Sorry, yourself in any industry is such bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody that I've ever seen say something along the lines of like, they're not a sex worker because whatever like they always are, they're like I didn't mean anything by it like I didn't mean anything against sex workers when I said it's because I have a good relationship with my father or some shit mm. like that it's like okay so then what did you mean bitch because really pretty much 100% of those people are people who are like uh constantly like whatever that they're, they're even if they're not being financially supported by their parents currently, they're usually people who had a lot of opportunities um, that were propped up for them earlier on in life. And I just, I find it rich. I find it rich to be like, it's self-respect and not my immense privilege that got me or in this Or my position. like immense self-hatred and <laughs> yes. lack of confidence that I have regarding my own bot. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. The, Shut up. The majority of, uh, especially from other comedians, takes about sex work are either rooted in deep insecurity or rooted in like complete ignorance of what life is like for other people. <laughs> it's yeah. one of one of the two, usually. Um, yeah, it's or people... they get it and they're like, yeah, we don't make any fucking money. Do what you got to do while I walk these dogs, you know? Yeah, or, yeah that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk? Yeah, it's like, Wendy, I can't believe you have a sugar daddy. You know, you could be a dog worker. Oh, really? I can go pick up another species shit <laughs> in, at, at six o'clock in the morning and I can make what I can like net a whole $10 an hour. That sounds great. You're right. I wish I had the self-esteem that you have because instead I went to dinner and had someone eat my pussy and they gave me a thousand dollars and it only took two hours of my time. <laughs> and they just told me I was pretty and smart the whole time. You're right. I, I have am, no respect for myself. Yeah. It's fucking, it's like, just do whatever. It's like, we're not going up to people and talking shit about if, do whatever you want. If you want to pick up dog shit and you, and you, you know, great, do it. You do whatever yeah. you want to do. Leave us the fuck alone. But it's people that are mad and like jealous. And they're just pissed off that we found what they feel like is cheating. And so it's like, well, you can't do it. It's like, actually we can, and we are doing it. So fucking yeah. back off. <laughs> and like you said, like when the real, the quote unquote real opportunities come around in comedy, they like pay once, if at all, usually. Like I have, we both, we all know people with like Comedy Central half hours that still have day jobs. It's like, but wasn't that you making it? Wasn't that you 
working and chipping away at your dream until you finally made it. And you're you have a half hour of comedy on Comedy Central like that should be enough. And unfortunately, we're just in an industry that has does nothing but exploit people. And so they give you this like one time check. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's residuals. It depends on with different deals. But, you know, like it's not. It's not like it used to be to like do uh, like when Ellen did her like first TV spot and then never like worked another day in her life, <laughs> you know, yeah. like oh, Ellen never worked days. a day job again in her life. But obviously <laughs> she works. Um, she famously works uh, a lot and is mean. <laughs> yeah. when she does it. <laughs> Leave Ellen alone. She's a queer icon. <laughs> I'm not criticizing her. Oh my I was, god, I'm joking. I hate Ellen DeGeneres. I listen. <laughs> I don't have though her early stand up is amazing. She's the best clean comic there is, in my opinion. I agree. I agree with mm-hmm. that fully. It's but, sad that but she ruined her legacy. Point, the point remains that, like, you know, we do not live. We're not working in an industry that properly pays people. So it's like rich to me when other people in that industry. Uh, try to tell each other how to like live. It's like, okay, but you know that the actual job that we're all trying to do, there's only like 10 spots that actually give you like a consistent income. <laughs> and those those spots are currently taken. <laughs> I just need a Correct. male comedian with looming sexual assault scandal coming his way to discover me and <laughs> really make me famous as his last act as Louis C.K. did for Take Nataro. Truly. <laughs> Although, do we really think that was his last act? Who knows? Well, yeah. I mean, it, you know, he does what that what's that place he keeps performing at? The cellar? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> wherever he keeps popping up. The place that my dad always asked me before the pandemic if I was performing at. The cellar. Oh, you perform at the comedy cellar? Yeah. That, yeah. That one. Oh, I, Mika, I love that you couldn't think of the name of the cellar. That, <laughs> this is actually... <laughs> that was... <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, didn't that feel so good? That felt <laughs> to behold great. Yeah, <laughs> that a was a new wave of comedians are in that town, was so and we don't care about beautiful. rules. Because <laughs> Wendy uh, can attest that there is just an ins- like there is a toxicity to like the amount people put the seller on a pedestal and how much everybody like knifes each other to get on the on oh, the wow. stage at the seller. Oh my god, it's like the it's the highest honor in comedy. If Mika. anyone from the seller is listening, please I take it back. Oh, listen, they're not. <laughs> they're not listening. <laughs> no. Oh, but Please. that was That's so whole thing. Yeah, to watch you just, I was like, we need to all have that attitude. Let us all be like Nika <laughs> in this moment. <laughs> Truly, where you're just like, yeah, you... what the fuck is that? It's not important to me. <laughs> Truly, What's it called again? It's, yeah. It's all the emperor's <laughs> new clothes, baby. And the seller is fucking, I mean, now what's interesting is the comedy club thing. And I like my home club out there is New York Comedy Club. And I and I love them. And I like want to, you know, support them and the friends I had there. Also, that you can feel there's this kind of release now that it's all up to us to do whatever we want and put our own shit out on the Internet. There is this sense of relief and like and kind of releasing that anxiety that I personally feel, especially having moved out of New York a few months ago, where I'm like, oh, we can all do whatever the fuck we want to do. And if people like us, they can find us. And it's not this like, oh, yeah, I had a good set, but it wasn't under the It's like, okay, <laughs> great. I just remember like sitting on the train with a group of usually male comics, all with like this manic look in their eye while they like discuss their like plot to get passed at the cellar wow. <laughs> and then like one of them is passed at the cellar and they all like look at him like a god and they're like 
do you mind if I come uh like hang- like when, what's your when's your next spot I'm gonna come through I'll, go- I'll come hang <laughs> it's like dude chill out I don't know anything about anything this is what how I when you start doing comedy in a city that has no discernible comedy community yeah like I did and then you move to New York you don't know anything about nothing no 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 this is good no truly I'm I'm not being like uh no no I believe you yeah I <laughs> yeah. just like Wendy taught us to time our meltdowns. You taught us what the fuck is the comedy seller. Yeah, I love this. I love it. Yeah, you just you create your own reality. I mean, per, you know, truly like your perception is reality. So it's whatever you choose to focus on. That's the thing. So true. Right. Like and so that's if the comedy seller, if you're like, whatever doesn't mean anything, then it doesn't mean anything. And that's why you are able to operate outside of these constraints that most other people have because everyone else buys into like, we got to do this thing. It's like, motherfucker, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. So yeah, true. it's great. Yeah, no, that right, was fucking well, beautiful. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I feel like like there was a weight on me that I didn't know needed to be lifted. And I was like, oh, my God, a comedian, not just any comedian, like a comedian I've been spending all of my time <laughs> with for the last nine months, straight up this whole time, didn't know what the comedy seller was. That's uh, all right. The name uh, of this episode is what's the comedy seller? <laughs> yeah, literally. What is the comedy seller? <laughs> and that's like, I mean, it's still like a dream of mine to like perform on that stage one day. But I've never been somebody who's like hustling to get past there. And like to me, that isn't my personal. It's never been part of my personal. Like, you know, when you're plotting your like route to um fame not not fame but you know success in your field the seller has never really been that high up on my priority list um I just know that it's a huge deal so I would like to like experience it sometime have you performed at the seller ever Wendy um no I don't think so Mm -mm. okay wait Wendy also are you coming back to New York ever or did you move for good I moved for a while because um, I my rent I was living in a studio apartment on the Upper East Side and when you're both of your jobs they shut the cops were shutting down comedy shows so then both of my income sources became illegal so I was like I gotta get the fuck out of (laughs) here and um, I so now I'm in a city that I love it here actually it's very calm I have a great apartment with a cute windowsill. Nice. The cost of living is much lower here, so I'm able to not be stressed about covering rent, mm-hmm. and which is nice because then your brain is free. To, and I also don't have a bunch of drug dealers on speed dial, so I'm like truly drinking like water. I don't really drink anymore. <laughs> it's nice to just be in this chill, creative space. Yeah, but truly I, drinking water. Yeah, I'm just that's the <laughs> yeah, truly that's like the, the dream. <laughs> it really is nice. Truly to be like, drinking water. Yeah, I'm drinking this tr- truly. <laughs> um, Cheers to that. But I come back for visits. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. An, I was just back there last month. When I come back into town, I'll let you know, and we can all hang out. Yeah, please. But yeah, no, oh I God, fucking yeah. love New York. I miss it so much. Yeah, you'll be back. Oh, that's for the sure. right time to take a break. Mm-hmm. You'll be back. Um, okay, so what's the moral of the story? Do we think? Moral of the story. Get a copy of the contract always. I just did that with my lease. So with my new lease, I was like, you're going to have to email me a copy with your signature. Mr. Man, as Nico would say. Mr. Man. <laughs> um, yeah, always get the, I So that would be yours. I guess my moral of the story would be um, choose your own pathway to success um whatever that means to you mm-hmm. so if you don't know what the comedy seller is that's fine <laughs> be true to yourself be true to yourself be yourself be yourself 
Right, now we're really like mud. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get mm-hmm. back to be yourself on your own career path or, you know, I just stuttered. Success path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be it for me. Yeah. Wendy, what's your moral of the story? Um, well, I think it's a combination of the two of both of yours, because first of all, obviously, logis- like just as far as we're talking about, like brass tacks. Yeah, yeah. Get a copy of signed documents. <laughs> so it's good because you're like, oh, now I learned that. And something and I know things maybe don't always work out this way or I'm a big fan of good. The good guy wins. Like I'm a big fan of if you're not trying to hurt somebody else, then you're golden. If your attitude is like you're trying to fuck somebody over. I love I love true crime. I love like mob stuff and things like that. But to people where they're they're fucking people over and they're doing what I refer to as bad guy activities, which is also what I refer to my cat when he pokes me in the eye. I'm like, we're only doing nice, nice activities, not bad guy activities. So if you're doing bad guy activities where you're like intentionally trying to hurt someone or fuck someone to for your gain, Mm-hmm. That never works out. And a lot of times it can feel frustrating when you're being the quote, like the nice one where it's like, look, I'm just trying to get a fair shake here. I'm just trying to not be fucked over. And when and to I'm really been practicing the last couple of years when someone is actively being shitty to me, like, don't be mad. Don't retaliate with anger. That doesn't help. That does not help. Don't retaliate with it. Just try to, and it sounds cheesy, but I swear to God, not only is it helpful for the situation, but it helps you just like sleep better at night. So I'm like, try to like respond with love, lead with love and all this other stupid fucking bullshit. But I swear it works. And be yourself. <laughs> Truly. And like, you, like, well, like Nico's saying like, following your heart and, and what's what's success for you. So whether it's yeah. like I success for me is getting at the comedy seller, having these credits, having a lot of money. Okay, great. For some of us, success is being like um, being able to tell our stories and tell our truth and make a difference and help somebody else maybe hear what we're talking about and make somebody else's day better or have them be a little nicer to themselves because they're like, oh, I also, you know, shit my pants and call hot dogs glizzies or whatever the fuck that guy <laughs> called his thing, which I'm still. Wow, that's a that was a professional callback. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. Was... I mean, that's that that's like a comedy seller level callback. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Book I will this say... woman right now. Yeah, I will say looking at these Amazon reviews, and this was only like four days ago, I my brain lit up. And I once I realized as far as like if this were a chess game, I was like, because I remember thinking, how is this going to play out? These guys were so mean to me. And they were so terrible and they're just profiting off of me. And it's home videos of me when I was a kid and my parents, when they were married before they were divorced. It's like a lot of shit. It's really personal. And I'm really kind of bums me out when I would think about it. It would just give me so much anxiety that I would be like almost nauseous. I was like, this is my childhood dream. There's a movie with I'm I'm in it. I'm on the cover. But there was no premiere. I was locked in my apartment under quarantine. And the, the, I never even got a copy of the film. They were like, no, you have to buy it. They never sent oh me a copy. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. So this has actually been a source of like, and not to be dramatic, because I'm not trying to brag, but I was raped by a couple people. I haven't talked about it. I'm going to wait him. So um, I'm not minimizing sexual assault, but it's, it's a similar feeling to be like, oh, I'm violated. I'm exposed and violated. And they're treating me like I'm just some piece of shit that they're like, you're a piece of meat. We're trying to make some money off of you. Who cares? Um, but the moral of this story for me is I'm like, oh, wait a minute. As I like played out all the different possibilities, like how this could go, I'm like, they're so fucked either way because if for them to make the money that they desperately were trying to get that extra couple dollars and fuck me out of it, the only way that happens is if the movie blows up. And if the movie blows up, they're fucked and I get 30% of their revenue, not profit, revenue. Turn on CNBC, gentlemen, before you write up a contract. 
turn it on. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, the good they they fucked themselves. So see, bad guys do not prosper. I'm like, oh, it's pretty sweet. No, and like they're not getting paid either. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story is uh, they're not getting paid either. <laughs> yes, I love that. Me too. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Keep in mind that this is going to come out um, probably not immediately, but like in a few weeks. So, okay, great. You know, if there's anything time sensitive, probably yeah. not the place to plug it. But okay, anything you want to plug? <laughs> um, well, shit, because I'm doing a live show. I'm not doing a live anything tonight. <laughs> tonight I am uh, going to dinner, I guess. Who knows? I guess I'm eating my... Who fucking even knows with COVID? Um, let's see. What do I want to plug? Follow me on Instagram, please. I, it should stay up. I don't think I have a lot of hooker stuff up there. So it's at WendyBird82. It's Wendy with an I, B-I-R-D-8-2. And TikTok, it's at the helpful ho. So we'll see how long that fucking can stay up there. Amazing. Follow me there. And what other, I yeah, if I have projects that are out by the time it's up, they'll be up on those platforms. So yeah, check okay. me out on those places, please. And thank you. Yay. <laughs> thank you, Wendy. Thank you so much. Come to New York and do drugs with us. 